0: You're listening to The S-Rank on the Triple S Studios Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of The S-Rank, the show where we connect you with our favorite people in the video games industry. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your host, William. And for our big premiere, we have a very special guest. He's one of the key figures behind the classic game, Miss Pac-Man. And just this last year, he was on the Netflix docuseries High Score. Steve Golson is here with us. Just to add a bit of context, uh, we recorded this interview back in 2019 for a different project, but life happened and uh, the documentary High Score came out, so we thought we'd release it instead as a podcast. Yeah, you'll notice a few times I mentioned Crazy Auto, which is basically the early mod kit of Pac-Man that Steve and his colleagues worked on before they were hired to turn it into what would eventually become Miss Pac-Man. So, can you take us to the very beginning, the start of both the General Computer Corporation
1: and the Crazy Auto Project? Uh, sure. So the so the inspiration really was because we had already done this previous kit for Atari Missile Command, um, and that was much more of a casual. Gee, this looks like a fun project, and a handful of us uh, worked on it. Um, and the success of, of that, I'm glossing over a lot of the story, but the success of that uh, led us to think that, hey, this is a viable business opportunity. Let's, let's keep doing these enhancement kits and what would be the next game to, uh, to do a kit for. And we thought about Asteroids and we thought about some others, but Pac-Man was the big, huge, up-and-coming game in 1981, and so we said, ah, let's do a kit for Pac-Man. So that's that's how we got started on on what uh, came to be known as Crazy Auto. As my sources say
0: that it was Doug McRae and his colleagues that founded General Computer Company. So was that sort of when you were in college or was that a, a product that came before or after?
1: It was while we were still students. So... Uh, what what's really important is that it started out as a partnership. It was Doug McRae and Kevin Curran, and while they were still students, started up this uh, uh, partnership to have initially pinball games and then eventually video games also in our dorm at at, at MIT, and eventually expanded to where they were in three different dorms and had oh, a couple dozen pinball and and video games so so that's what really started it it was Kevin and Doug as a partnership that, that and their experiences with Missile Command and enhancement kits is what led them to say hey let's start a company to do our first enhancement kit which was the super missile attack kit uh for Atari Missile Command and I had been a friend of theirs a fellow student for years and I had uh informally helped them with their, their, uh, video games in the dormitories. So, you know, in, in sort of a funny way, you might say I was their first employee. It was just more of a very casual thing. I helped out when they were not around, uh, in keeping the games running. Um, but by the time the company started, there was a handful of us, we were, uh, living in a house off campus. And you know, off we went. So okay. that's that sort of background. Background in a nutshell. So it started as this partnership with the video games and pinball games, and then they said, "Hey, we have a need for an enhancement kit for Missile Command. Let's just build it."
0: When you decided to make the enhancement kit for Pac Man, was that in the midst of the Atari lawsuit, or did it follow?
1: Uh, no, it's it. Uh started much before. So, right. so the timeline was uh, we started on the Missile Command kit uh, during uh, spring break. Uh, so it was, it was late March. And so it was an incredibly intense week of reverse engineering Missile Command and working on uh, software modifications for it. So that was the end of March. And by May, uh, we had the, the game, Miss Super Missile Attack was, was complete and ready for manufacture. So oh. mid-May sales began for uh, Super Missile Attack. Um, first of June, we... Uh, uh, because the lease was up at our house. And so we packed up and moved to a new house out in uh, Wayland, uh, that four of us were renting and moved the company out there as well. Um, Doug McCrae got married. It was a a real busy early June. And that was right when we started on the, the Pac-Man kit. So May, we were thinking about what we're going to do. And by early June, we had really decided, yeah, we're going to do Pac-Man. Let's let's move ahead. Uh, and wow. the loss really didn't happen until end of July. So, so we had a couple months there of intense work on Pac-Man kit and selling super missile attack, uh, lots of good press, and... Um, thinking about other work we might do other than pac-man we did a little bit of work on asteroids so we started looking at what we could do for an asteroids kit and we did some work on that so that's all happening at the same time so by the time the lawsuit came along we were we were well along in uh development of the 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 pac-man kit wow that that's just sounds
0: really hectic like (laughs) the story like it in itself it just when i i I was watching of course your uh, GDC talk. Um, it was very fascinating. I just I was thinking just so the lawsuit was really it was just like a giant like hurdle in in the development of the game because it had already started and really you were about to it, you were about to sell it before you know you had this whole lawsuit and they said, well, hold on, you need the permission from the manufacturer, right?
1: Well, okay, that took a while as well. So when the m- mid-July we start, our friends in the industry start telling us that Atari's upset and they're they're going to sue us. And so we start worrying about the legal uh, side of things um, more than we had. And uh, let's see, how did things happen? So end of July was the first time we went into court. And then so August, we were busy with that. Um, and all this time, we're still working on our, our Pac-Man kit. What, what was really disruptive was um, because uh, uh, one of the first things that happened was Atari got a temporary restraining order against us. So we had to stop selling the super missile attack product. And, and that was really annoying because it was bringing in money and um, uh, our customers were, were upset. They wanted to buy this this kit and we could not sell it to them. So, so that was the really disruptive thing. Here was our, our product that was making us money and was very successful in the marketplace and we had to uh, stop selling it. Um, uh, and I, I guess we never thought about how this would affect the Pac-Man kit we were working on, except that the the very few... Arguments that Atari had against us, we we made sure. Oh well, let's you know, let's not do that again. Um, one of the things Atari said was, "Well, people look at the cabinet and they still think it's Missile Command." And so we started thinking about, "Well, we'll we'll sell stickers to stick on the side of the cabinet to cover up all the existing artwork." And you know, so we were we were starting to think about stuff like that. But it really didn't affect the the Pac Man work at all, except that it. It slowed us down because we were so busy dealing with the lawsuit.
0: So I want to uh, sort of uh, backtrack a little bit and uh, talk about like the actual development, uh, the work that you did on Crazy Auto. What I really want to uh, find out is what was the name inspiration uh, for Crazy Auto? I, I I tried to look around and the only uh, other Thing that I could find that was named Crazy Auto crazy was this German artist in the '50s. So I don't know if there's any correlation there, but uh, I would love to know where the name came from.
1: Well, I can tell you what I remember, and the 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 name actually came really late in the project, as I recall, and and I don't recall what what name we called it while it was under development. Um, it was just you know, Pac-Man, our Pac-Man kit. Right. And uh, we needed a name, though, when we were getting close to uh, completion, and we're going to put it out on test. Um, And what I remember is we had um, uh, uh, one of our classmates had a sister who lived in New York City, and she was a professional musician. Her name was Patty Goodson. And um, being an creative artist sort of person and uh, friend of ours. And we, we sort of, uh, um, brought her in to do, uh, come up with game ideas for us. And, and I recall that it was, it was Patty that came up with the name crazy Otto, but, but I've asked her and she doesn't remember. So, so really, I think it's lost in history. Where did that name come from? Um, the, 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 i have done a little bit of research and i found there was a jazz song named crazy Otto" um back from the early 20th century and so maybe you know the crazy Otto" and the crazy Otto rag and so maybe there was something like that somewhere patty remembered it and came up with it but i the, the truth is nobody knows for sure
0: wow so that's that's a true mystery that it's just been lost in time that's <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> as I mean as much as I would like to know the direct answer, the fact that there is none is kind of uh
1: that's that's even better. <laughs> that's right. What I remember and what Patty remembers are are two different things and it's like, well, who knows? Yeah. That that's fantastic.
0: So, um the reason that Crazy Otto has legs is because yeah. the character had to look different from just the normal Pac-Man. And this right. was this was because of legal reasons,
1: for for trademark reasons, the 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 Pac-Man character arguably is 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 a trademarked character belongs to Namco, mm-hmm. and so we did not want to uh, reuse the the same character in the game, and that was that was one of the things we learned from Atari from the Atari lawsuit was in the Missile Command game, you know. Things like, okay, the missiles looked the same in super missile attack, and the little airplane flying across was the same little airplane flying across in our kit. and And that was one of the the arguments Atari said was, oh, well, people see that airplane and they they know that it's an Atari product and, and so we said, fine, We'll just change everything. And uh, so uh, so so that was the main reason was we did not want to keep the... Uh, namco midway trademarked character so let's come up with a different character so what's he going to look like well gee uh pac-man with legs right give him (laughs) legs give him the sort of 3d motion he has eyes uh and so he's still doing the eating thing but it's different enough where it's a a different character and he looks kind of cool the way he walked around in the maze the the sort of pseudo 3D where he would turn and turn away from you and turn toward you.
0: Right. And uh, from watching your uh, talk as well, uh, you guys invented the pretzel item.
1: Yes, there were the, the (laughs) fruit bonuses in Pac-Man. And uh, uh, so we needed to change some of those because again, they were, they were trademarked. One of them is a Galaxian, a character from the Galaxians game. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to get rid of that one, and, and then some of the others were people did not recognize what the character was, and so we said, let's just get rid of the ones that are that that look silly or are hard to understand." Uh, and the others we kept because we claimed they were generic enough that there's there's nothing to trademark. so, That was our uh, that would have been our our legal argument for for using those, but the pretzel. So we needed a new character and you were sort of limited by the the colors you could use. I don't know who's I think it might have been Chris Rode, who was, well, we're going to we're going to do a pretzel. (laughs) you <laughs> know of, of Kevin Curran who was uh uh, uh we we joke he really liked to eat pretzels you know salty foods and and I don't know there may have been a bag of pretzels sitting around that day that Kevin was munching on and oh let's do a pretzel and so uh again where did that actually come from I who, who knows um but uh, I I say it was Kevin's pretzel
0: Kevin's pretzel that's that's awesome yeah. that that's 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 truly great so moving forward a bit in time um there was a point where gcc had to talk to midway and that was the getting the process of getting the permissions and so you, it's, uh, one of your colleagues called the big executive of uh, of midway then from there Midway said they, they were waiting on Namco to deliver them a sequel already, right? Yeah, we,
1: just, we found that out later. Uh, that uh, so, so Pac-Man had been a huge hit in Japan, and it was an enormous hit in the U.S. Uh, for Midway as, as, as far as manufacturing. So here they had uh, cranked out 100,000 or so Pac-Man cabinets, In the span of a year and they were gee what are we going to build next what can we what can we have our factory be busy uh building and um so they were waiting for what's the next big game to come from namco i mean they had already done a bunch of namco games right they had done done galaxian and uh, uh so the idea of these manufacturers getting content from other creators was was a very common thing, and so here's Midway sitting around saying, gee, where's our, where's our next big game going to come from?" And I don't know if they were expecting a, a specific sequel to Pac Man or just anything. And uh, uh, but we came along at the right time. And uh, it, the the nice thing for them was the Crazy Auto was so similar to pac-man from a manufacturing point of view that the midway people oh well, we're just going to keep building pac-man cabinets and we'll change the hardware a little bit and uh look we'll have this new game
0: that's just stunning that is just the the, (laughs) that they were waiting for this game the, the, the next big thing to come from anywhere and then Then it was your crazy auto project that they thought that was going to be a
1: a giant thing, right? And so, because the outcome from the lawsuit with Atari was that we needed, if we were going to sell this kit, um, we had agreed with with Atari that uh, we would have to get permission from the original manufacturer of the game, and so that's what led to our uh kevin curran who called up dave morovsky who was president of midway and uh basically bluffed him and said we have this kit and we're gonna start selling it what do you think and and dave was like well come and show it to us so that's what led to that that was the opening for our negotiations with with midway
0: so so you so you really had to sort of act like look this is fantastic you're going to like this like a hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to like this. And then ultimately they ended up liking it.
1: Yeah. We were pretty confident in our, uh, in, in the the work we had done and the gameplay and, uh, and they, you know, they agreed. They liked it. They, they, I was there, um, uh, Kevin and Doug and, and I flew in with our prototype game and we, they they they're still manufacturing Pac-Man, right? So they mm-hmm. they pull a Pac-Man cabinet off the assembly line and wheel it into a conference room and I install our little kit in it, into it. And uh, then they they pulled one of their employees who was a real expert at Pac-Man, who was a good Pac-Man player, and they had him play the game. And so he spends a few right. minutes he plays our game and they go, "Oh, that's that's pretty good. I like this." So it was it was pretty quick and they um, you know, they were intrigued enough. And again, this was a, a relatively common idea to buy content from somebody else. And the, the, the creator of the game is a different company than the manufacturer of the game, of the arcade game. So the idea of somebody walking in off the street and saying, hey, here's this, here's this game, do you want to manufacture it? It was not totally alien to what Midway was doing. I mean, look at Pac-Man; it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it sort of fit with their with their style, and it uh, we were kind of in the right place at the right time.
0: And then after these negotiations, it becomes Super Pac-Man, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, that happened during. So, so this is early October. When we first went and met with Midway, was early October, and, uh, and then we finally signed the agreement with them at the very end of October. So, so this is in the span of about three weeks. Um, and so, so pretty quickly, it was, well, it's not going to be crazy auto. We'll call it super Pac-Man. So all the trademark worries go out the door, right? Because, right. oh, if it's the same company, oh, well, then we can use the Pac-Man character. And we were totally fine with that. That's great. It, it makes yes. it a, a, a very specific sequel. So, in the obvious one was, yeah, Super Pac-Man. Um, there had been a, something of a trend in arcade games to have uh, sequels but with the name Super. So, Super Pac-Man. Okay, fine. And that, yes. was, the, that was the initial idea. So yeah, so by the time we we actually signed the agreement at end of October, um, our working title was uh, Super Pac-Man, although there was some thought that it might still be called Crazy Auto, but it was it was un- unclear, unclear, and uh, but the idea of Super Pac-Man uh, sort of took over pretty quickly.
0: A couple sources cite you saying that it was over the course of two weeks that the names started to rapidly change uh there was a uh from super pac-man it became then pac-woman mrs pac-man and a a couple of other varieties um so it was it
1: was ultimately i I don't recall i don't recall mrs pac-man as ever being a choice it was the 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 first idea was miss Pac-Man. M-I-S-S. M-I-S-S.
0: Yes. Right.
1: Pac-Man. And so that was the very first thing was, oh, let's make the ma- make the female character the main character. And it'll be called Miss Pac-Man. Like, oh, okay. All right. Sure. We'll do that. And then Pac-Woman and and I don't recall Mrs. Pac-Man. That was that was a would be a little too a uh, uh, retro, I think, uh, for <laughs> modern 1980s. And so Ms. Pac-Man is what it ended up being.
0: Okay. And the idea for uh, the character to be a female character, according to your talk, uh, I believe it was a fellow named Stan that gave you a call from Midway. Um, was he just
1: a representative of the company? Or? Uh, Stan Jaraki was the head of marketing. And he's the guy that we had actually first met with when we went out in early October. Uh, Kevin and Doug and I uh, in, were in Stan's office there at the Midway uh, uh, offices in Chicago. So I'm not sure what went on behind the scenes, but it was a, a call from Stan, and I happened to take the call, and I, I remember, remember it really well. So Stan calls up, and he's talking to me, and he's like, hey, we want to make the female character the main character. Because there had already been... The the female character was already in the game because of it because of the cutscenes and so there was Crazy Otto and there was obviously a female Otto yeah uh, and a baby so, Otto and that, and that stayed even when we went back to the Pac Man characters so there was a Pac Man and a, a female Pac Man uh, so 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 there was already a female character in the game and Stan calls up and says yeah we want to make that the main character oh okay so. That's where that... uh, So I don't know whose idea that was at at Midway, but it came from Midway.
0: Hey, guys. Before we continue, I just want to say that we're having so much fun making these podcast episodes for you. Um, So if you're enjoying it as much as we are, uh, just consider following us on social media. We're at The S-Rank Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're actually currently doing a giveaway right now as well on our social media platforms. So just give us a follow there if you want to enter. Um, and all the giveaway rules are on our website, triplesstudios.ca, if you want to win a free copy of Cyberpunk 2077. The original Crazy Auto had uh, these cutscenes in there. Um, and then when it became sort of super Pac-Man and ultimately miss Pac-Man, well, you know, they, they still have the cutscenes there. So, um, whose idea was it to actually add those cutscenes in? Because they're like, it's a staple sort of, uh, that they're
1: exclusive to miss Pac-Man. Well, that's not true. Pac-Man had cutscenes, So that was where we really got the idea from Pac-Man did a similar thing that when you got through like the first two uh, screens, you got this one little cutscene, and then a few more screens, and you would get the next installment and then a few more scenes and you get the next one. And I think there was, there were two or three of them. And the, the, the story was, um, Pac-Man chasing one of the monsters and one of the monsters, um, tears his his little red cape and his red cape tears and you see his naked leg underneath it and you know it's this cute little thing and so so the the, the idea of a cutscene was not what we, what we would call them we call them cutscenes today back then we sort of said <laughs> they were intermissions or cartoons right um and uh uh so again i can't recall i cannot recall whose idea was it on our team. Oh, well, we have to have them also. Uh, but it was Mike Horowitz who really did the, the, the main work on, on coding those up. As, as I recall, uh, Chris and, uh, Chris Rode and, um, Doug McCray, uh, um, and also, uh, Phil Carrot, who was a, a summer guy who came in for the summer, summer student, uh, did software a lot of the software also. Um and and they may have put together some of the um the animation engine for the the our cutscenes, but it was Mike who really put together what the story was.
0: Okay. Well per- perhaps I was a bit mistaken then because uh <laughs> to be fair I played a lot more Miss Pac-Man when I was younger than I did uh the regular Pac-Man so it could have
1: completely I might
0: not even have made it that far in the normal Pac-Man oh somebody's got to have them
1: on the web you should you should go and you should go and watch them it's it's kind of cute actually and you can sort of see the inspiration for oh that's kind of fun it breaks up the game it's something for the player to look forward to oh when am i going to get to the next cutscene? it so it, it gives you a little more motivation for to to play the game
0: right and and you know that's that's sort of set a precedent in a way because that's how a lot of games operate now you're just trying to get far enough to see the reward of a cutscene,
1: right yeah so so when the the idea for the the female character make the female character the main character uh again this initial phone call i got with stan he said yeah make it a female character and and give it give it lipstick and and eyelashes and and uh and I was like, Stan, that's really hard to do when it's only a 16 <laughs> by 16 pixels. And Stan was like, no, no, we, we prototyped it up here and it looks great. And what we found out later was they, they prototyped it up on one of their character development systems on, on a Midway game that was 32 by 32 pixels. And, and so they, you know, they hacked it up and, oh, this looks great. Well, yeah, they had four times the pixels we had and they, and they could never understand why it was so difficult for us, um, right? I mean, this is before there was email and, and digital anything and we're just talking over the phone. Um, uh, and finally, they, they uh, faxed us or mailed us a, a, a little hand-sketched thing of, well, here's what it's going to look like. What do you think? so So... <laughs> That was between us and Midway. And yeah, behind the scenes, it turns out that Midway was talking to Namco. And so Namco knew about this, that knew this game was coming out. And so right. they had some input into what should the character, the hero character, uh, what should she look like? And and our initial uh, uh, sketch for it was we wanted to retain the 3D uh, behavior of of uh, crazy Otto. so the character looks to the left it looks to the right it turns away from you it turns toward you and so we gave her red hair and a bow and that was part of the female how does how is this character different from just the plain pac-man so uh and i guess that uh, nakamura-san uh, did not like the red hair for whatever reason, so <laughs> so that was one of the things that came back. Oh, man, get rid of the red hair, and and actually that was probably a good thing because when when the character turned away from you, all you saw was her red hair, and it looked yeah, a lot like a red monster, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but but yeah, So there was there was input from uh, from Namco, and I don't I, I I'm not sure if we realized at the time that uh, Midway was talking to Namco. Uh, I mean, we were just dealing with Midway. Right? And Midway is like, here, make this change. And what about this? Okay, all right, we'll do it. So the main
0: communication lines then were you and uh, Midway, and then Midway would talk to Namco, but there wasn't ever really direct connections from Namco to you guys, except for the fact that they knew that this game was coming. They knew it was happening.
1: Right, I uh, yes, I I think you are correct. I do not recall us ever knowing that Namco was involved and you know really didn't matter to us. But yeah, it was I that was a surprise to me later on when I discovered it. It was like, "Oh, really? They knew about it?" Okay. All right. Yeah,
0: I saw I saw um an interview uh with Doug. Yeah. He he said that there uh there may have been a little bit of uh embarrassment on their side that they hadn't thought of doing this sequel before you guys, uh, had, uh, already been working on it. Can you, can you, can you say anything to that
1: factor? Um, that I, that's just sort of speculation on our part, I think, but, but I think (laughs) there may have been that the same way that Midway, Midway was waiting, right? Midway is like, Hey, where's the next game coming from? And, uh, so it's sort of an obvious thing to, 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 to after the fact to say, Oh, well, here's this big hit Pac-Man. Obviously we should do a sequel to it. And, uh, w- what might that sequel look like? So, so yeah, I think there might've been a little bit of, uh, uh, what would you say, uh, remorse or chagrin or regret on their part, uh, uh Namco and Midway is like, why didn't we think of this? we should have done right you know like oh well whatever you were busy doing other stuff sorry that i mean that's
0: that that's fair enough i mean i mean (laughs) i know if i was them i'd be like whoa
1: (laughs) no no one ever imagined that ms pac-man would be as successful as it was really midway and and namco particularly may have thought yeah yeah they'll sell a few thousand so what if it makes, keeps Midway happy, right? Uh, Namco says, yeah, 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 go ahead. You want to build this? Fine. We're Namco's still going to get their royalties, and they'll build a few thousand of them, and great. We've kept Midway happy. And it ended up being this enormous, huge success. It, well,
0: hey, it truly so- really did. Um, so uh, that's sort of what I wanted to ask you about next. When did you really, like, was there a moment where you really took it in, and you were just like, wow, this is or th- this is either going to be huge or this is huge like do you have like uh was there like a moment that you were just like sort of like awestruck or just like whoa like this is huge
1: i i think it was it took a while and um i think it was probably middle of 1982 and so the the game gets announced in what january february i don't recall the actual day february i think 82 and goes into production pretty much right away. And uh, it, it, it took a while uh, for it to become pretty obvious that this was going to be just this enormous hit. And sales were amazing from Midway. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, I'd have to say it was probably middle of 82 when the production numbers kept going up and up at Midway. And it was like, Really? look at this game this is pretty amazing and and became something of a social uh, 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 a social hit right you you right. see it in the arcades and people are talking about it and uh, uh, so well uh, she
0: was a staple in pop culture essentially she there was a cartoon there was a she became the the mascot for the breast cancer organization at one point um, and it launched
1: a that, that, all came, that all came later. I think if you went back to 1982 and, and looked at the news and said, gee, when did it really become a big thing, that would be an interesting uh, social history exercise. Um, Pac-Man was, was clearly a huge hit. If you look mm-hmm. at 1981 and late 81, early 82, Pac-Man was just this enormous social event and so ms pac-man comes along and kind of rides that wave so 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 yeah it was like middle of 82 when the sales numbers start really cranking up and you realize wow this is a big hit you look at the the sales numbers and gee good for us look what we were able to do
0: wow that's great um Awesome. Um, so, uh, just to sort of, uh, wrap things up, um, what do you think was the biggest challenge in the entire process for you personally
1: working on this project? Well, there's sort of technical challenge and personal challenge, right? Um, I'd say the personal challenge was, gee, ever since spring break, um, I was supposed to graduate that June (laughs) and, uh, it ended up being, oh, no, I'm working on games. This is just so much fun and uh, uh, dropped out of school. So f- it, you know, personally, that was sort of a challenge was saying, gee, uh, how do you explain that to your parents? Right. Um, right. Yeah, um, so. So. Um, but it was just this incredible amount of fun and it certainly had a, a technical challenge and I'm working with good friends and we're, I mean, we're working in games and my goodness, this was just a, a, a f- tremendous industry to be in. And what's the downside? Oh, gee, I'll go back to school. Okay, big deal. So I say that was sort of the personal challenge, which wasn't really much of one. And... Um, I, the, the technical challenge was, well, it was figuring out how to reverse engineer Pac-Man and understand the hardware and understand how it all worked. But, but for me, my big thing was the, the hardware design of the, uh, the daughter board, the auxiliary board that plugs into Pac-Man and makes it Ms. Pac-Man. Because remember, we were going to sell this to arcade owners, right? We were going to sell this little kit to somebody who already has a Pac-Man game and wants to modify it. Mm-hmm. And so it was designed to just be installed inside a Pac-Man cabinet. And so the, the coming up with how to do that and how to make it work and, and uh, do it with minimal hardware, that was all me. And, and that was an interesting design challenge was getting that to work. And also because we designed it in such a way to make it difficult to reverse engineer. And, um, and that was a particular thing I'm proud of is that we made it hard enough. We, we made it hard for people like us to figure out how it worked from a hardware standpoint. And, and that prevented the game from being pirated uh, and I think that's what put one of the reasons that led to its big sales was because none of the pirates could make a clone of the game. You had to buy it from Midway. You couldn't get it from anywhere else. Uh, so that was that was a, a, a real challenge on my part was getting that all to work and uh, getting that to uh, uh, be, um, uh, be uh, get the product finished so that we could uh, uh, ship it.
0: Uh, I think one of my uh, personal favorite moments from uh, your GDC talk was when you showed a uh, screen of the timeline of lawsuits that you had over the course yeah. of four years. That was, <laughs> I was like, whoa! So there was like uh, it was with multiple parties, uh, including there was there was one with uh, mid- <laughs> Midway at one point, and um, yeah. it was those lawsuits. If I'm not mistaken, were
1: about collecting royalties. So, so the the disputes with Midway, well, what it, it yeah, it had to do with royalties, and it had to do with who developed the character. Right. So, so the our initial uh, agreement, license agreement with Midway, all it talked about was coin op, uh, the the arcade games, the cabinets, mm-hmm. and it got a certain amount of money if they sold it as a, as a kit for Pac-Man existing Pac-Man cabinets. And we got more money if they sold it as a complete new game. And, and I think there may have been some other examples in there, but basically that was it. And so it was very straightforward. If they made a a Ms. Pac-Man cabinet or a, a board and sold it as a kit, we got royalties. Um, but then it got really popular and, oh, we'll sell Ms. Pac-Man T-shirts and who gets that money? Well, we should get a piece of it, was our argument, was this was our game. We did that character design and so we should get a cut of, of, uh, 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 of that income. Um, because it was such a phenomenally poss- uh, um, popular game, that was a significant amount of money. So, right. This had to. This is because it was popular. Uh, is is the only reason you would care? Because there's money to be had. Right. So we. So you know, we're like, hey, we. You know, we own. You guys owe us a little bit of that. Right. Midway was like, no, no, we don't. We don't owe you a dime. And partly Midway is upset because they eventually found out about our deal with Atari, oh. which they did not know about. I think Midway thought hey here's these guys and they did this first game for us and they're going to do more games for us and where pretty quickly it was like no we're not doing anything more for you (laughs) signed up for a card Uh, so i think they were a little annoyed about that but but the main thing was this who is owed money for the character and then that got down to whose character, who designed that character. Right. And whose intellectual yeah. property
0: is Ms. Pac-Man, right? right. Yes,
1: correct. Yeah. So um, our argument was, look, the idea, the the entire idea for having a female character came out of Crazy Otto. Yeah. It's already there. And so, um, uh, uh, and and with input from Midway, yeah, we designed the the character itself, what the actual pixels on the screen looks like, that all came from us, and so right, that was right. the 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 nature of the the uh, uh, the dispute with Midway, and and we were you know it got to the point where we were going to say well okay let's just assume, let's just uh, say that our agreement our complete agreement is uh, uh, is null and void and and so it all revert to us right. So, mm-hmm. so, so that was part of the, the dispute back and forth with, uh, with Midway and that eventually got settled. Um, but partly, and that's what held up, uh, Pac-Baby or what eventually became Junior Pac-Man. Right. Working on that, but all of our unpleasantness with Midway. And so that got shelved for a while and didn't come out, you know, that could have come out a lot sooner. Um, but, uh, but it did not. Right. So, yeah. so that was our, that was our big dispute with, uh, with Midway in in 83 i think is when that was
0: so fast forwarding a bit to modern times here there was a bit uh there was a game called miss pac-man's maze madness uh and that was for the playstation did you get a chance to play that game
1: never never actually actually i never knew about it until you emailed it yesterday (laughs) no (laughs) way no, it's honest, honest. I never knew about it. And, and um, I mean, maybe way back when I might have seen it or something, but uh, uh, it wasn't until you email. I'm like, really? I don't remember that game. And I went and looked and I looked and, looked, and I'm like, oh, huh, look at that. Check it out. It, it's certainly possible my kids may have played it back, the, you know, 20 years ago. Um, I thought it was fascinating that they were working on a sequel to it and mysteriously decided not to bring it out.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't find any anywhere that said that it was what, the reason why it was canceled. I just saw a trailer for the second game, and obviously the second game didn't come out, but there was no explanation for it. But that I I'm I'm very surprised that you hadn't uh, heard of it. That's. Uh...
1: Well, I had, I had gotten out, you know, I, after the mid eighties, we got out of games and I had nothing to do with the industry, uh, until I had my own kids and they got a little older and they started playing the arcade games I had in the basement and, and, and playing their own, uh, games on consoles and computers. And, uh, so it was sort of just looking over their shoulder, but, uh, uh, so I was really out of the industry and out of knowing what was uh, going on and what was popular.
0: Okay, so Pac-Man is uh, a character in Super Smash Brothers. Now, did did you ever hear anything along the grapevine of potentially having Miss Pac-Man become a Smash Brothers character? Or,
1: uh, no, I never heard about that. But it does not really surprise me because. If Namco, if Namco uses Ms. Pac-Man for anything, then they would owe us some royalty money. And, uh, right. this all happened because in the mid two thousands, uh, when Namco started making Ms. Pac-Man cabinets again, and we had to, uh, take them to arbitration and, right. uh, and say, hey, wait a minute, you're making cabinets and you agreed you would pay us if you ever made us, meaning general computer. So that led to yet another agreement uh, with Bandai Namco that uh, uh, here's the way the royalties are going to work. And there were some back payments and and then continuing payments from them of uh, whenever arcade games were made or when Ms. Pac-Man was used in other products. So so that started making them, them Namco, more reluctant to use Ms. Pac-Man because it was a complicated thing they had to account for, account in a in a, a, a money sense, uh, so that they could pay us our cut. I think that was part of the reason why people would say, oh, there's Pac-Man, how come there's no Ms. Pac-Man? I, I think part of it right. is probably because namco wanted to downplay it so
0: and it's so. a shame it's a shame Later. we really like her
1: <laughs> we really like yeah. her here <laughs> i yeah, i really I wish she would have and it's like look guys come on we could come up with some sort of deal here but so so i, I suspect that there's some of that going on um because it's a uh, you know from namco's point of view they can license all their properties they can do it in like a you know big lump sum here you can you know for x dollars you can use any Namco property, oh, except for this one, right? Except right. for Miss man because they have to be able to account for that one separately, so that GCC gets their teeny little piece of it, right? Right. And uh, if it's just all lumped in with all the others, well, makes it difficult. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what's going on. I, I think there's. I mean, this is just sheer speculation. I, I, I suspect that it has to do with. The difficulty in accounting for the royalties, number one. And then number two, I think that uh, uh, at least the the people at Namco with the long enough memory know that it's not, that really that was not, Ms. Pac-Man is not their character, right? Yeah. It was not created by them. It's really a
0: fascinating uh, story. And um, I think that uh, just about wraps up uh, most of the questions that I have for you just for this chat uh mr golson thank you so much for joining us on uh this podcast slash interview that we've set up um i really appreciate your time you're very
1: welcome always fun to talk about uh ms tackman
0: hey all it's william thank you so much for listening to our very first episode of the s rank just as a reminder we have a giveaway for cyberpunk 2077 on all our social medias and our website you can find us at the S Rank on Twitter and Instagram, and on our website triple studios.ca. Our plan is to release an episode every Saturday, and you can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week.